0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Voice of Wealth Podcast. My name is Daniel from the CIA team, and today I welcome Prashan Bayani, CIO of BNP Paribas Wealth Management Asia. Hello Prashan, nice of you to join us today. So Prashan, let's talk about China. Big news from the Chinese authorities announcing their support in ensuring financial and economic stability. Chinese equities have seen a significant bounce from this, but the key question is, Can the rally be sustained?
1: Daniel, that's the key question, the sustainability of the rebound. China equities have rallied more recently, cheering on Beijing's pledge to support financial markets and economic growth following the sell-off led by foreign investors last month. Chinese authorities took a clear and coordinated approach, this time with announcements by four other government departments, followed by the State Council's policy statement. However, this balance is small relative to the underperformance of the past few years. For example, year-to-date, the A-shares are down 9.4% compared to MSCI World, down 5%. In addition, last year, China A-shares were down 1.2% in dollar terms, underperforming MSCI World by 21.8%. Furthermore, MSCI China, which is a much larger technology rating, has underperformed even more over the past 15 months by nearly 50%. The performance between these two indices may narrow somewhat in 2022. Valuations are attractive with MSCI China on a 12-month forward PE of 10.3 times and CSI 300 on 12 times. Consensus earnings growth also is more attractive for 2022 with 13% for MSCI China and 19% for CSI 300. The key catalyst for sustainability of the rally are reaching the 5.5% growth target set by the government via timely fiscal and monetary stimulus, clarification on domestic China technology regulation, as well as any progress on U.S. delisting fears of offshore ADRs, and finally, effective measures to stabilize the property market.
0: Thanks, Prashan. Very interesting to hear that the Chinese authorities are now shifting their focus onto economic stability. So in your view, What is the key to stabilizing growth in China? Also, you mentioned easing in the property sector. Are there any signs of bottoming for the Chinese property market now?
1: Yes, Dan, no economic stability without a property price bottom. And in this regard, effective policy easing is crucial. The recent statements by the State Council spoke about stabilizing the property market. But we await to see the specific measures to achieve that objective. A key focus is the reopening of the onshore funding market for property developers. On the other hand, the impact of the existing rate cuts are starting to be felt as China's credit impulse has improved somewhat recently. However, while we have seen reserve rate cuts and other easing measures, they have not yet resulted in a boost to property lending. This is because banks in general are reluctant to lend to the sector given loan loss fears. Finally, speculation is growing regarding loosening of property restrictions in more regions and cities within China. In short, we need to watch this space for these catalysts.
0: That is a very nice piece of update on the property sector. The other sector that has been hit particularly hard in the last two years is the technology sector. Is regulatory risk in this area still high? Given how the Chinese authorities have pledged to ensure stability, Can we expect diminishing regulatory risk going forward?
1: Firstly, and in the press more recently, US and China regulators are discussing an agreement on cross-border auditing regulations to avert delistings. Recently, the US side characterized any resolution as premature. The China government remains supportive of Chinese companies to list overseas more selectively. This will clearly take time and will definitely not be an easy negotiation. If we had any agreement on these regulations, this would be a catalyst for the attractively valued technology sectors and would lead to a decline in risk premium. If there is no agreement, many companies are already dual listed or moving to dual listings, and the formal process for delisting takes several years. Secondly, the other area the State Council highlighted that there were going to be efforts to rectify big platform companies and that will be done with a transparent and predictable regulation as soon as possible, the key words. Again, these finalized details regarding domestic regulation of the tech sector are the other key catalysts for the technology sector going forward. How will common prosperity be balanced with the profitability and growth for this technology sector is crucial for their re-rating and decline in risk premium going forward.
0: It looks like there may be light at the end of the tunnel for Chinese tech after all. What about the recent lockdowns in China? COVID cases in the country has surged exponentially. How will this affect the economy given its zero COVID policy stance? And how will the global supply chain be impacted?
1: Yes, Daniel, a crucial question also globally with regards to inflation. Currently, Omicron is spreading in China, as illustrated by the recent shutdowns in Shanghai. This is also reflected in February China PMI data, which fell below 50 due to the COVID-19 restrictions. Of course, there'll be some risks to the global supply chains and China's 5.5% GDP growth target in the short term. However, via employing multiple shifts and factory worker isolation procedures, the impact will likely be manageable for the supply chain after this initial disruption. With regards to the zero COVID strategy, for the first time, zero COVID policies are being debated, though given the extent of the outbreak, it is not realistic for any change in the near term. In addition, China has given conditional approval for Pfizer's Paxlovoid, a therapeutic drug. There may be some possibility there could be a gradual change in policy after the party Congress meetings later in the year. The timing will remain elusive, but could gradually get better.
0: Thanks, Prashant, for the inputs regarding the different potential catalysts for the Chinese market. And now, to the most important question for our listeners today. Given how Chinese equities have rallied recently, is this still a good time for accumulation?
1: Yes, Daniel. In summary, the extent of the recovery in China equities will rest on the pace of easing measures, boosting credit growth in particular to the property sector, stabilized, economic growth, finalization of domestic technology regulation framework and US listing rules, as well as how effectively COVID-19 can be contained. The decline of geopolitical tensions could also help. In conclusion, there are re-rating opportunities in China equities and selected China credit over the course of the year. Should these positive policy signals translate into the implementation of specific measures and effectively revive financial conditions. Gradual accumulation is recommended in China A-shares and other sectors of the market, as on the whole, the balance of the catalysts are heading in the right direction.
0: Alright, thank you for the audio on China Prashan. In summary, the Chinese rally has been an encouraging one. Macro sentiments could be shifting with the government's support post the Omicron outbreak. So the key now will be to look out for potential catalysts as Prashant mentioned, such as relaxation of the zero COVID policy stance, as well as easing in the property and tech sector. That's all from us today. Once again, thank you to our guest Prashant Bayani, CIO of BNP Paribas Wealth Management Asia. And a very big thank you to our audience out there listening to this podcast. Like, share, and subscribe to our podcast channel. And to ensure that you receive our audio content every week, please search for BMP Paribar Wealth on the podcast platform of your choice, such as Apple Podcasts, Podcast Addict, Spotify, or any other podcast providers.